This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. If you enjoy tuning in to the CBS Evening News, there are official t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more available for purchase at ParamountShop.com. These products are perfect for any fan of Evening News, and you can take 20% off with code EVENING20. That's 20% off all CBS Evening News products with code EVENING20 at ParamountShop.com. New models just released by the White House show as many as 240,000 people could die in the U.S. from coronavirus, even with most Americans staying home. And more than 2 million Americans could die if life returned to normal too soon. That stark news comes on America's deadliest day of the pandemic. In just the past 24 hours, more than 700 people have died, raising the death toll here to more than 3,700. And tonight, the commanding officer of the USS Theodore Roosevelt is making an extraordinary plea to evacuate a majority of the 4,000 sailors on his aircraft carrier. He says he fears the virus is spreading on board so quickly that it is risking American lives. New York remains the epicenter of the crisis. The governor there, Andrew Cuomo, now says his state is heading into battle, even as more healthcare professionals are getting sick themselves. Our team is covering every angle of this story tonight, and Mola Lenghi leads us off from New York's Central Park. Mola. Coronavirus cases, when they peak, we'll need twice the number of beds we currently have right now in the state of New York, making these makeshift field hospitals like this one right here in Central Park all the more vital. At this Brooklyn hospital today, the grim ritual of bodies moved into makeshift morgues is a stark reminder of COVID-19's toll on the nation's largest city. So health officials are looking for hospital space anywhere they can. The home to the U.S. Open is being converted into a 350-bed hospital. And this tent city in Central Park started accepting patients today. Family nurse practitioner Shelly Kelly came to New York from Tulsa, Oklahoma to volunteer. Ventilators are a crucial item 
in this response and um, hospital systems here in New York City especially are overwhelmed. We underestimated this virus. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said he's ordering 17,000 ventilators from China as he tried to rally his army of healthcare workers. Get a staffing plan ready now for the battle at the top of the mountain. Equipment stockpile now. And tonight, we're learning new details about an urgent crisis. The commanding officer aboard the USS Theodore Roosevelt, carrying 4,000 sailors, sent a dire assessment to the Pentagon. Docked in Guam, it's estimated nearly 100 sailors are infected, and that number is growing. In a letter made public today, Captain Brett Crozier said, if necessary, we go to war with the forces we have and fight sick, but we are not at war. Sailors do not need to die, adding keeping crew members on board is an unnecessary risk. He's asking for the aircraft carrier to be evacuated and clean, taking one of the most valuable assets of the U.S. military offline. Also offline, nearly 400 Boston healthcare workers testing positive for COVID-19 at four of the city's largest hospitals. Daniela Lamas is a critical care physician at Brigham and Women's Hospital, where more than 100 have been infected. By being healthcare workers, we're not actually able to do what's being recommended to the rest of the country, which is stay at home. It's not surprising to me that more of us are testing positive than ever before. Long-term care facilities are also facing a crisis. More than 400 nationwide have infected residents. Among the two dead at Gallatin Nursing Home in Nashville, Clara Summers, who passed just days after her 89th birthday. Her daughter, Debbie Bolton, says she saw her three weeks ago, right before the facility went on lockdown. I would give anything if I could see my phone and it say, Granny, one more time. Well, this field hospital here in Central Park is expected to start taking coronavirus patients any minute this evening. City officials also say that 250 ambulances and 500 additional EMT workers are on their way to New York City to help. It is some much needed help. According to the EMT union at FDNY, last night alone, 7,200 911 calls were made. Nora, that is a record. How they are doing it, Mola, thank you. Now to here in Washington, where it seems like today is the day the reality of a staggering death toll hit hard at the White House. And we learned today for the first time why the president extended the social distancing to April 30th. There is new modeling that shows up to two million could die if the measures are not enacted. Weijia Zhang is at the White House tonight with all these new details. Weijia? Nor tonight health officials say even if people do their part, between 100,000 and 240,000 Americans could die from the coronavirus. And in the next two weeks, the number of cases and fatalities is going to spike and continue to rise. They are asking Americans not to be discouraged by these numbers, and they insist the mitigation efforts will make a difference if people follow the guidelines. Tonight, President Trump and top health officials are urging Americans to stay away from each other. But this is going to be a very painful, very, very painful two weeks. The president said yesterday he might announce new, tougher guidelines aimed at flattening the curve of coronavirus cases, which has not leveled off like it has in other hard-hit countries. Instead, the current guidelines will be extended until April 30th. Our hope is to get that down as far as, far as we possibly can. The, the modeling that Dr. Berg showed predicts that number that you saw. We don't accept that number that that's what's going to be. We're going to 
We do everything we can to get it even significantly below that. Dr. Deborah Burks used data to explain why the measures are so critical. You have to predict on the data you have. As for treating the virus, governors are complaining that the Trump administration is forcing them to fight over scarce supplies like ventilators. Why would you create a situation where the 50 states are competing with each other and then the federal government through FEMA comes in and competes with the rest of it? And Ouija joins us again from the White House. So Ouija, there's an urgent need for those ventilators. We keep hearing about it. What do you know about the supply? Well, tonight, Dr. Burke said that everyone who has needed one has been able to get one. And President Trump says that the government has 10,000 ventilators on standby, ready to go, but they're not shipping them out yet because they are expecting a surge and need to be prepared. Nora. Thank you. The U.S. military is part of the fight against the coronavirus and at the same time is fighting an outbreak aboard one of its deployed aircraft carriers. Joining us now for an exclusive interview is the Secretary of Defense, Mark Esper. Mr. Secretary, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Nora. Thank you for having me. Let's get to that urgent situation aboard the USS Theodore Roosevelt as the captain is pleading for help. Is it time to evacuate that ship? I don't think we're at that point, Nora. Uh, we were moving a lot of supplies and uh, assistance, medical assistance, out to the carrier in Guam. We were providing additional med medical personnel as they need it. And I'm pleased to report that none, none of them are seriously ill. At this point in time, we're trying to make sure that we contain the virus, that we deploy testing kits so we get a good assessment of how much of the crew is infected, and then, of course, taking other measures to ensure we can get the, uh, the carrier up and ready again to, uh, to continue its mission. I mean, this letter from the commander of the aircraft carrier was pretty stunning. He said sailors do not need to die, and he recommended removing a majority of the personnel. Is that under consideration? Well, nobody, of course, needs to die at, at this point in time. We're not at war. Priority number one is taking care of our service members and their families. Are you concerned about military readiness now that two aircraft carriers, the Roosevelt and the USS Ronald Reagan, have cases of COVID-19? I, I am not. We have uh, more than two carriers in the, in the inventory. We have a, a great alliance uh, network of allies and partners who work alongside us to, uh, to keep threats at bay. I did read this request for assistance from the commander carefully. And while he said the Roosevelt could be ready to fight, the captain says they would fight sick and there would be losses to the virus. How do you weigh that? Well, I have not had a chance to read uh, that letter, read it in detail. Uh, again, I'm going to rely on the Navy chain of command to go out there to uh, assess the situation and to uh, make sure they provide the captain and the crew all the support they need to get the sailors healthy and get the ship back at sea. You served in the Army as a war planner. How is planning for a pandemic the same as for a war or how is it different? You know, we typically think of National Guard dealing with a hurricane in a state or a series of tornadoes. In this case right now, we have 54 hurricanes out there in every, every single state and territory, and we know they're going to grow in size and, uh, and, and in their power. Do you see any evidence that our, our traditional adversaries, foreign adversaries, are trying to take advantage of that? I don't know, or not at this time. What we find, tend to find right now that a lot of com countries have turned inward and are focusing inward. So uh, that doesn't mean we should be less vigilant. If anything, we're calling upon our, our forces deployed abroad, and, and those number well over 100,000 in 150 countries, to make sure they remain vigilant and, uh, and safeguard the country while we ourselves are turned inward right now to deal with this pandemic. Well, Mr. Secretary, thank you very much. Thank you, Nora. 
And we turn now to the economy. Another major retailer, JCPenney, announced today it is furloughing a majority of its 85,000 employees. And with most Americans staying home, it's bad news for many industries. Goldman Sachs expects the U.S. economy will shrink by 34 percent. But there is some good news. The investment bank expects the economy to bounce back quickly. But not soon enough for many Americans with bills due tomorrow on April 1st. Here's Mark Strassman. In Lithonia, Georgia, Stephanie Murray dreads tomorrow. She owes $500 in rent, but lost her administrative job two weeks ago. Can you pay it? No. What happens if you lose that apartment? We don't have a place to stay. Millions of Americans living paycheck to paycheck now face bills without one. Retail giants hemorrhage jobs this week. Macy's furloughed most of its 125,000 employees. The Gap, 80,000 workers. Kohl's, 85,000. Jobless renters who can't pay have to speak up. You should let a landlord know if you owe rent and you can't make your rent. Most municipalities are really making it tough for landlords to charge you fees and certainly have banned evictions during this time. At least 26 states in the District of Columbia have imposed a temporary pause on evictions or foreclosures for some or all residents. I rely on the rent heavily to make it. Sherry Hearn owns a six-unit apartment building in Denver. Her tenants can't pay their rent, so she can't pay her mortgage. I'm in the same position they are. Um, of course I'm going to give them a break. In cities like Atlanta, Los Angeles, and New York, there's a growing movement called Rent Strike. Don't pay it. We are not trying to go after the small landlords who are... Organizer Brennan Stoltz wants mortgages put on pause so landlords can help renters. We're asking for a three-month rent cancellation. We don't want this to be a huge bill for people at the other end of this crisis. And Mark joins us now from Atlanta. So, Mark, what about those Americans who are supposed to get the $1,200 check from Washington? Is that going to help at all? For some people, absolutely. Maybe the laid-off workers uh, at this closed restaurant. But remember something else. Those checks arrive in three weeks at the earliest. And for many people, the rent is due tomorrow, Nora. That's why it is so tough for so many people, Mark. Thank you. We also want to bring you an update to a story we told you about last night. Remember that long line of hundreds of cars on the road leading to a food pantry outside Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh? Well, today the head of the food bank in Pittsburgh said they do have enough food for now, but they worry it may eventually run out. Nationwide, food banks have seen a 40% increase in demand over just the past two weeks. Tonight, the CDC is taking steps to clear up the nation's mask confusion. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's top infectious disease expert, says the CDC is discussing some new guidelines on whether people in the general public should wear face masks to protect themselves and others. But for now, he says protecting health care workers should remain the priority. We've got Dean Reynolds now on the lack of masks and clarity. Months into the pandemic, there is still no consensus on a basic point. Should everybody wear at least some face cover to keep the bug at bay? Until now, masks were a way to block the sick from spreading the disease and as shields protecting medical professionals from catching it. The healthy have worn them randomly, if at all. But if masks protect doctors and nurses, why not the general public? CBS News Chief Medical Correspondent Dr. John LaPook. 
If there are enough surgical masks to go around, enough for the health professionals and enough for everybody else, it's reasonable for people to wear them as a way of having some partial protection. But some health officials say wearing a mask in public may give some people a false sense of security to forego other safety precautions. Right now, companies from L.L. Bean to Ford to Brooks Brothers plus do-it-yourselfers are trying to make covers and shields by the millions. In a country where masks are still scarce, though, hospitals in need are at the head of the line. So there was great excitement when the Battelle Research Group of Columbus, Ohio, offered sterilization units, allowing 80,000 masks to be used 20 times apiece. The FDA initially objected for regulatory reasons. We were disappointed. We started to celebrate, then we found that we weren't quite there yet. This week, the president ordered the FDA to overcome its misgivings and approve the offer. Dean Reynolds, CBS News, Chicago. Another round of severe storms could hit the south tonight. A massive tornado touched down today along the Alabama-Georgia border, where many were following stay-at-home guidelines. No one was hurt seriously, but it damaged more than a dozen homes and ripped apart a golf course. Farther west in Mississippi, a home was blown to pieces. No word of any serious injuries there. There were sick outs and work stoppages today across the country at Whole Foods supermarkets. Workers are demanding their parent company, Amazon, provide cleaner and safer working conditions during the coronavirus pandemic. They also want double time wages as hazard pay and three weeks of sick pay for workers who self-quarantine instead of coming back to work. And now we wanted to show you a special tribute to workers on the front lines of the pandemic. At a hospital in Barcelona, Spain, doctors and nurses surprised a cleaning crew with a warm round of applause. And security guards, cafeteria workers are all risking their own health, helping to keep hospitals running. And they, too, deserve our deepest gratitude. A reminder that we are all in this together. Concert halls have gone dark all over the world, but the coronavirus could not silence the Army Field Band and its six-string soldiers still serving the nation through music. Here's our David Martin. It's not exactly the Army unit you think of when it comes to calling in the military to combat the coronavirus. But the six-string soldiers answered the call by streaming a live concert. At Staff Sergeant Renee Bennett on fiddle, you have just the right size group for a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Count the cameramen and it's still a gathering of less than 10. But it only takes two to pass on the virus. Just please, you know, keep the, the social distance that we're all following right now. They're usually on tour playing to live audiences. But long before the virus hit, but here comes the sun. their 2015 snowbound rendition of the Beatles made them the most followed military band on social media. Sergeant First Class Glenn Robertson on bass is one of the group's founders. We're willing to adapt and we'll make sure that we get our message out, and we accomplish our mission in any way that we need to. So the band is back together, sort of. Usually I like to like be able to reach out and touch my, my bandmates here and lean on them and whatnot. They can cover just about any golden oldie you can think of. You know, if we can get people dancing in their living rooms and their kitchens, I think we're winning. You could call it a win when their first live stream concert drew nearly 200,000 viewers. David Martin, CBS News, Fort Meade, Maryland. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. 
This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. And how long have you been the, the producer of this? We've been doing this for two years now. Okay. And and what is it like to attempt to uh, get feedback from me about the podcast? Be honest about how quickly I respond to emails. You actually respond to emails surprisingly fast. Really? I, I think you might be the only person I respond to. <laughs> <laughs> respond to quickly. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I expected I expected you to lay into me. Well, this was over the strike period. Oh, I had time. Yeah. See, that, that, does, that doesn't count. <laughs> Sure, I responded to everything because responding to you, putting reruns up on the podcast, was like a form of employment. Yeah, I felt like I had something to get up for every yeah. day. So thank you for that. Listen to the Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.